What the Tech is brought to you by Glasswire. Having network issues instantly reveal bandwidth hogs, malware, and privacy violating apps. Then block them. Head on over to glasswire.com to check it out. Hey everybody, welcome to What The Tech. I'm Andrew Zarian. Of course, I'm joined by Mr. Wonderful himself, Mr. Paul Theride. How you doing, Paul? Whew. It's been quite a day, Andrew. It has been quite Where a day. It has been quite a, a year. It has been quite a 14 days, but we're here uh, talking about something positive, and that's technology, and the things <laughs> that we love in technology. Depending on who nice. you ask, it's positive, right? But sure. this week, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. With tech, especially with tech, there's a tremendous amount of stuff to talk about. Um, I no, no worries, Paul. I'm already bored. I... It's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for it's boring. not you. I assure you. <laughs> um, no, but there is a lot to talk about. Obviously, Galaxy S21. Uh, yep. I want to talk about this because a couple interesting things here with this, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously, we'll go through some of the CES stories because there's a lot coming out of CES. Uh, was it and this was a more of like a Andrew likes to know how Paul works kind of questions. Was this more convenient for you to cover CES than previous years? um, It was the same, I would say. Um, Obviously not going there has its advantages, but as far as, you know, my interaction with CES typically involves PC makers and they have pre-show briefings and whatnot, which I attended. Um, So you know, it was very, it was similar. I would say to last year, uh, previous years. I I got to tell you, you know, I was watching a lot of CNET, uh, what IAS was doing over there, and what everybody was doing. They they had some pretty good around the clock coverage, um, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like logistically, right? As a company, cost cutting <laughs> measure. Why would anybody yes. want to go back to CES and pay what they they they're paying to be there? I yeah I. I, we've I've already experienced this at my own company um, where we we just had a very brief discussion about this, but you know it's going to be very common around the industry after this past year when companies have saved money not sending people around the world, around the country, or whatever for various events. There's going to be a real rethinking of that and how important that stuff is. And then yeah. you know for people like you and I and for my company that cover the industry, there's going to be some thinking about how we can do that in this new era uh, in a way that is still useful and, and interesting and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think, we'll you see. know, like the coverage that and I'm going to I'm going to credit CNET here, right? Because I think they did a very <laughs> good job at organizing and keeping the pay. I mean, they really the amount of the sheer organization that that they put together for this, it looked really good. And they had coverage and yeah. press releases. And I think they were there. They were actually using vMix, which and vmix call for their calls which uh, oh they were doing those, like um yeah, yeah interviews and stuff okay yeah which cool. it, and it looked good everybody yep. looked uniformed and you know they put the red background on everybody and the thing <laughs> I, and, and yeah. i really talk about you know what other companies are doing and stuff but mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you you know it was done in a different way but i gotta tell you if i'm if i'm mr cnet <laughs> yep. i'm gonna look at this and say how much money did it cost us to produce this and how much money would it have cost us to be there and right. what was the difference as far as ad revenue and viewership? Yeah. You know, these things I, play I, a factor. Right. 
the way that math's going to work is, um, and this is going to be true for everything, for all events and, you know, every industry, anything that we do going forward, there's going to be some math and, um, it's going to be hybrid events. And sometimes you're going to go and sometimes you're not, and some groups are never going to go. And I, I think that the neat thing that will come out of this, and I, I go to a lot of Microsoft events, obviously, but CES is a big industry wide event or IFA or whatever. Um, there, there are always advantages to being there in person. Um, but I think because of the pandemic, these events will be more inclusive for people who aren't going to travel and, and not just because of what happened during the pandemic, but because they were never going to travel anyway. Yeah. And so if you, you know, are cash strapped and you have to kind of look at, well, we can go to one or two events a year. We really got to be careful about what we do and, and make sure that it makes sense financially. Um, these things are going to become easier because uh, CES and Mobile World Congress and IFA and you know Microsoft Ignite and, and Apple and whatever, I think are going to be more inclusive to people who can't go. And and that's going to be, that's better for everybody. You know? Yeah, I, I listen, I, I've always felt like I've gone to tons of these, like yourself, right? I've been to tons yeah. of these events. I, I used to go to NAB. Uh, I've done NAB. Mm -hmm, yep. I've done a bunch of stuff. Um, I... Not that I'm afraid to go, but like I don't really want to go anymore. I just that's me. for me it's it's laziness, right? Like I actually like being places. The act of getting there, which typically involves a train, to me is one of the most miserable experiences you can go through in life. And I got to say, uh, with the pandemic and everything, doubly so, right? Because now not only uh, not I'm, I'm already distrustful of the idiots around me, but. Um, now you get to worry about people with COVID and, uh, you know, that kind of baloney. And I just, you know, look, I hope to travel this year. I really do. Um, there, are, I've, I have very specific ideas about some things I'd like to do, but you know, I, I do get stuck on the plane bit because, you know, to get anywhere interesting, you know, you either have to t either have to take days in a car or, um, you know, you have to fly and I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it was an interesting experiment. I, I think CNET did a great job, so I just wanted to say mm -hmm. that because a lot of my friends are there, right? Ayaz is one of my good friends, and he did a kick-ass mm -hmm. job over there, so uh, kudos to him. But let's talk about some of the tech that came out of here because it was a very interesting year, like you said. Um, everything was digital. Everything was online. The sheer yeah. amount of money that was saved uh, by companies, and that, that's, that's going to be the big story here on on where we go from here because last year's ces was probably the largest one they've ever had right as far as okay. attendance went it was it yeah. was through the freaking roof so the next year or two we're going to start seeing things change but the way that yeah. these companies are announcing products you don't need a cena a, 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 a cena geez you do need no you a don't CNET, need a actually. cena i couldn't agree more <laughs> couldn't agree you need more. a therot.com however at the mm -hmm. rot.com, however, could get get all the information out there, but you don't really sure. need a CES for these announcements, right? Nobody, Microsoft doesn't require a CES. Uh, Samsung doesn't. I mean, they did it, right? They they did announce something, but they don't necessarily yeah. need to piggyback off these events. And we're going to see a lot of these hybrid, splintered events coming around. What did you right. think of the overall the way that the information was coming down? Do, do you think this worked? Yeah. So one of the things that's kind of interesting, and, and this is not something that um, most people would even be aware that was happening because it's for the press. Although you've, many people have probably seen some of the results of it because publications like CNET probably um, will play some of these videos and things. Um, we They have virtual events 
And um, sometimes when it's a multi-vendor event, um, you get these little uh, shows that are attached to CES, for example, like uh, Showstoppers and Pepcom, which are for press. And the idea is you, you rent out a ballroom in some giant hotel in Las Vegas, and you bring in a bunch of originally tiny companies that maybe would get lost in the mix because CES is such a humongous show. And you give journalists and bloggers and things like that uh, you know, free food and free drinks and everything. And that's why they go. But then they walk around and they talk to all the little companies. And every once in a while, there'll be like this little gem in there, you know. And those events became so popular that some of the big players, Microsoft, HP, Lenovo, and others started joining in, right? And so they become like the tent poles of this kind of event. And it's it's just kind of a nice semi-casual way to go and learn about products and services and things, take pictures, get interviews, you know, do all the, all that kind of B roll footage that you, you would always see it at CES and other shows. And, um, starting with IFA, I think, but I definitely, for me, the first time I noticed it was IFA, which was back in September. And then now again with CES, they've done these events virtually. Now, obviously it's not the same experience, right? But what, what's interesting is you basically get, it's a web page, right? And it's a, it's a grid of company names. And you click on a company like HP was one of the ones I visited, even though I'd already been briefed by HP. I just kind of wanted to see what their deal was, but they're all very standard and you get all their PR, you get uh, videos of all the products and stuff. So if you want to use that in your own footage uh, or your own coverage or whatever. Um, and then in many cases, you have an opportunity to actually speak with them live, right? During specified time. So it's a little bit like the show where you would walk up to the booth. And so, you know, I did that with HP and I already know those guys. I just did it, to, you know, to kind of say hi, but you know, bloggers and journalists would kind of come and go and they'd ask questions and we'd all have a little chat or whatever. And it was, it was okay. You know, I, I it's okay. Um, it's not the same, <laughs> right? But, you know, let's say CES comes around next year and this time it's going to be in person, you know, uh, that we go back to semi-normal. They know that a bunch of people aren't going to show up, that those high, whatever the hundred something thousand people that showed up, you know, last year are not coming next year. Maybe it's 50,000 or something. So I hope they keep doing stuff like that where there's a virtual version of that stuff too. Uh, and that will really improve the situation for people like me who don't want to go or can't go or, you know, financially just can't afford it. Right. Um, and I think that's going to be the big change, but then again, you know, I, I, I'm losing track of your original question, but I mean, as far as like how this impacted me and people like me, honestly, aside from that stuff, it's very similar because a lot of the big companies already do these briefings ahead of time. And so we know that on a certain day at a certain time, Lenovo is going to announce this. And then on another day in time, they're going to announce this and so on and so forth for all the other companies as well. And so you can be a little bit prepared. Um, and I think that stuff still happens, right? I mean, it's, you know, if you want to, uh, if you have news that you want to write, companies are out there that you can find out what that stuff is ahead of time and still get it done. There was some interesting, you know, every year there's like a theme, right? You could kind of see where things are going, where, <laughs> you know, the big story was like yeah. TVs and then it became yeah, smart yeah. homes and then it was drones one year, uh, sure. augmented reality, virtual reality, things like that. This this year's theme was very strange. Like when you have say, that. I'm curious what you think the theme was. Yes. A lot of smart appliances, vacuum cleaners, things like that, uh, mm -hmm. air filters, masks, smart masks. Uh, I saw one company yeah. had a gaming mask. I don't know why you would need a gaming mask. Uh, well, and I'm not talking like a mask on you. I'm talking like like no, I, for, yeah, for I, I, COVID reasons. Well, mask. because you want to be able to, you, you, maybe you're going to an event where there are other people. 
Maybe. You want to be heard, so it has some kind of amplification for your voice. You want to be safe, so it has some sort of an air circulation or air dispersal kind of a deal going on. Um, I mean, we're inventing all kinds of new stuff. Yeah. Because well, I mean, the, the most, you know. it's actually funny. One of the, I, I had picked one item and I, I just lost the page, but the most 2020 device <laughs> was a laptop with a ring around the bezel to illuminate yeah. your face. And it had three webcams right. on it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That is a yeah. response device <laughs> to I think stuff like that's a little gross, you know. Um it's very niche. It's yes, and and it feels temporary. I hope it's temporary, right? I mean, um look, there are certain things that happened last year with the pandemic that I think are positive for all of us and for the industry or whatever, right? The renewed focus on the PC, I think, is one of those really exciting things. Like, we you get lost. Yeah, we all use mobile devices and web apps and blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, for productivity work, uh, PCs are really important. And for what happened this past year, when you really think about it, PCs were what enabled some big percentage of the world to get work done without going into work. And mm -hmm. um, I know that sounds obvious, but that, that helps keep the economy running. I mean, it's... I know not everyone can do it, you know, and that's too bad, but um, I, I I like that kind of a thing. And so, you know, when you hear things like, well, there's been a run, you can't buy a webcam, or, you know, they, they're, they, they can't be found, or there's Chromebooks are all sold out. or Video cards, PCs you can't find video really cards. Yeah, whatever those things are, right? Yeah. The, the, the hope for that kind of thing should be like, this is temporary, <laughs> you know, um, and we'll keep building more. We're going to do as much as we can to satisfy this demand. You know, when you build something specially for like, um, you know, we have a ring light built into a laptop. It's like, yeah, maybe we've, you know, maybe that's a little, I don't know, a little much. Yeah. I don't know. I've been, uh, you know, we've been pot, you and I have been podcasting uh, for many, many years. Actually, you have a pretty, you know, uh, professional setup, but I mean, you can do, you can do this kind of show with, you can do it, not you, but one can, yeah. I mean, I can with fairly minimal, uh, equipment. Um, yeah. if you want it, to. It, you know. It's so some of the big highlights. No, you, you listen. I, I tell people all the time, don't look at the studio. This is overkill. This is insanity. Yeah, yeah. You don't need. Well, no, no. I, I mean, you're you're yeah. you're the center of it. I mean, I'm just saying. I you're doing whatever you do all week long. I I kind of show up for an hour and a half on a Thursday. And what do you think I do, you know, Paul? My, I show up for an <laughs> my, hour and a half on a my Thursday. My requirements. Yeah, I I I need a a good keyboard more than I need you yeah. know audio video equipment. But it is interesting how you know. Er, and the more fascinating thing for me with CES is the forecasting that these companies do, right? Essentially, it's a bet. Yeah. They're hedging yeah. a bet that this is going to be the trend this year due right. to market research and other companies, competitors doing something, and they move forward mm -hmm. with it. And sometimes they're absolutely right. They hit the nail on the head. And other times they yeah. they totally you know shoot shoot themselves in the foot because it's a product that nobody wanted or or it's a it's vaporware essentially. Um, I spoke to a friend of mine uh, that covers this stuff. It's not IAS, but he was saying that <laughs> a lot of the companies that he spoke to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the major companies out there, that this was going to yeah. be the year of a lot of 8K devices being showcased. That 8K. The, t 8K. the big story was yeah. going to be how 8K is now, you know, becoming, you know, now we've had 4K for a couple of years. Now we're going to start pushing 8K devices that are going to be on the market for a somewhat yeah. understandable price range but that didn't happen i mean yeah we did see 8k devices but that wasn't a big story here uh the big story was the shift 
for at home devices, appliances. Uh, yeah. Tons of companies have these ultraviolet lights that kill viruses and bacteria. <laughs> yeah, cases you can put a phone into that will kill, you know, things. I don't know if they kill bacteria, like you said, yeah. viruses, bacteria, whatever. There was a ton of those. Um, yeah. A ton of so, those smart kitchens. Uh, smart microwaves. Samsung, I think they introduced a robot that does your dishes. Look, I, I we're, we're we're all at home, you know. the The hope is that we won't all be as at home as much, you know, like six months from now or a year from now, whatever the time frame you think is. Um, some people are ecstatic that they can work from home. Some people who have been forced to work from home cannot wait to get into an office. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. There are people who have to go to an office that wish to God they could work from home. You know, this is the, but the, we've jumbled the whole thing up, you know, and, and everything's a little different. So I, I get, I'm a little leery of things that assume nothing's going to change, you know, just as you should be leery of anything that assumes it's just going back to 100% normal, you know, as it was. Right. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think either one of those things is going to happen, but, there, but we are all at home. I mean, one of the things I've noticed in my neighborhood is, a lot of people seem to be getting work done in their homes, right? And I guess the theory there is, I mean, more than normal, especially in the winter, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the theory is like, we've all been home for like a year and we've gone nowhere. We've not traveled. We haven't gone on vacation. We haven't spent money on that stuff. Uh, why don't we make this environment a little better? Because we're here, you know? And and that 8K thing you mentioned, I, I would say, even though it's not really happening right now, um, I think... Uh, there's probably a, a, a good little market. It might be temporary for mm. home theater upgrades. You know, like we'll get a slightly bigger TV. Maybe we'll do a home theater, you know, five, one setup or, um, you know, that kind of stuff too. I, I think there's like work from home stuff, right? The, the laptops all sold out. There's like entertainment at home where, you know, we all watch TV or whatever, but now it's like, you know what, we're not going to the theater. So why don't we get like a killer theater set up for home or something or home exercise equipment or, you know, the things you were mentioning, like, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't, don't we have more time? I mean, it's like people are, are cooking more, right? Cause now we're home more. Yeah. So is this the time to come out with a service that brings food to your home? <laughs> you know, I, I, it's yeah, kind of a tough call. It's probably, it is a tough call. It's probably, it's probably a market for both, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Listen, I definitely think there's a market. I'll give an example. I just renovated my house uh, yeah. for the second year in a row. But during the <laughs> right. first, you know, the first half of this pandemic, I did, I, I did the bathrooms, I did the second floor, I did my bedroom, right. uh, I, I did the backyard, I put a kitchen in my yard. You know what? I, like because I'm home way more, I'm, I'm right. using these these places a lot more. So I put, the, I put the money in and I fixed it. But yeah. I, I think you're right. I think we're going to see more of this. And yeah, that is the shift. The shift is that we're going into uh, people spending their money on things like this. You know, there's a I, every I year mean, you see this toy. By the way, you know what the number one thing I'm, I'm people are changing now. No. I think this is going to be a big year, and I and I'm, I wish I was joking. Toilets, these smart yeah. like Japanese style toilets <laughs> sure, are becoming sure. more mainstream. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, who who doesn't want a bidet? Is, you know. Well, th this uh, not that specifically, but this stuff in general, right? And that including that uh, the toilet thing. Um, I mean, all, I think it speaks to something that's very healthy, and, and not just because we're responding to a pandemic, right? But I, 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 in this country especially, I think we've gotten out of whack when it comes to like a work-life balance. And, um, you know, I've been working at home for over 25 years now. It, it's something I struggle with all the time because you're, you're kind of always at work, you know? 
But now that more of the world is struggling with that, maybe we'll make inroads into things like Americans actually taking weeks of vacation off and not having to constantly check in at work and feeling bad about missing, you know, because they're missing out or they're worried about their job because, you know, they're expected to work all the time. Or um, I hope that this has some positive outcomes. And if people are going to invest this year in things for the home, and it's some combination of uh, something practical, like something that washes your dishes better or smart lights or something fun, like a home theater or whatever. I mean, I, I, it see to me at a high level, it, it seems like there's a, the possibility of that being healthier, <laughs> you know, yeah. than our lives before, right? Even though right now, no one wants to be where we are right now, obviously. But I mean, you know, maybe we uh, we we come out on the other side collectively, uh, you know, healthier. Possibly, maybe. I hope so. After we've been drinking beer and eating Cheetos I for know. nine months straight. <laughs> uh, yeah. After after that, I think we're gonna come back out healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there is a lot that we could talk about. Uh, I do want to talk about a couple more things here, but before we continue, mm-hmm. I want to thank our great sponsor, and that's Glasswire. Uh, listen, a lot of times we have network issues, right? Especially now that everybody's home. Your kids are home. Your wife is home. Your dog is home. You have cousins that visit. Everybody's using the internet. You're watching. You're streaming Netflix here. Your kids are streaming another movie. Everything is all over the place, but sometimes you log on and, and you don't know where the problem is. And you think to yourself, how the hell am I going to figure this out? Well, here's a great solution. Glasswire. If you're having network issues, uh, instantly figure out what the network issues are, what the bandwidth hogs are. Could it be malware? Uh, Is it a privacy violating app? You could block all of those things and get the information you want with Glasswire. It detects bandwidth hogs and apps that are slowing down your connection. Uh, You could see, you know, instantly determine it. The software is absolutely beautiful. You can see what apps are phoning home without your permission. Instantly know if there's an unknown device that joins your Wi-Fi network. See the apps that are slowing down your connection in real time. Also, uh, you you could also use it to stay under your ISP's mobile data limits. That's another feature in there that a lot of people uh, sent information over saying like, hey, I use it for this, which is pretty cool. Uh, you could also get alerts on sketchy apps uh app changes to your dns server without your permission a lot of this stuff is happening in the background a lot of people don't know especially now listen we're in COVID times right a lot of people are using way more data with zoom and other kind of uh mobile team microsoft teams and things like that um you could see uh you could see it on your pc and then your android uh i use it on my pc uh, on my production machine and everything else it's a great piece of software Go check it out. Go to glasswire.com. Download it now. If you want to find out about network issues, see what's hogging up your bandwidth, great. If you want to make sure uh, there's no sketchy app that's phoning home without your permission, another great solution with this software. Uh, Also, Glasswire, uh, one of the popular features on Glasswire is how they have a virus total API built into the software. uh, And it's 100% free for anyone. Just turn it on the settings. Then every network-related app can be analyzed with VirusTotal, all all within the app. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> you know what? That's going to be the thing. Glasswire, it's freaking awesome. Check out glasswire.com. Let them know we sent you uh, and, and get started with uh, using the software. It's a great piece of software, and I highly, highly recommend it. So, Paul, let's uh, talk about something that uh, I'm pretty interested in. It's the Samsung Galaxy S21 lineup. Uh, this came... this. It's a month earlier, right? Than we expected. Mm-hmm. They, they, right. Uh, I don't know why, why they did this, but 
Samsung is pushing forward with the next generation flagship lineup with the S21. And there's a couple products here. Uh, what do you make of this phone? I, I mean, we talk about it all the time whenever they come out and, you know, where does Samsung yeah. stand in these, you know, in the in the war of photography and, and overall features? I want to get your opinion on this. I mean, for me personally, there's a little bit of fatigue. Um, I bought a Galaxy S20 Ultra last, you know, February, March, whatever that was. Um, and subsequently uh, gave it to my wife, who is now using that. And then in August, September, whatever time frame, um, I got a review unit, uh, Galaxy Note 20 Ultra from Samsung, uh, for you know, which I held on to for a couple of months. And I, I, I mean, is it already time for another one of these things? Like, like seriously? I mean, yep. um, there's kind of a dulling sameness here. I mean, obviously there are some differences this year and, uh, and some improvements for sure. Photography speaking, um, the Galaxy S21 and S21 Plus are virtually identical to their predecessors. So there's actually not a lot going on there unless there's some kind of software improvements, which by the way, of course it could be. Um, and then uh, the S21 Ultra off the top of my head, uh, the main lens, which is that weird 108 megapixel ginormous thing, I believe is the same. And then there were three other lenses, two of which are telephoto lenses. There's like two different telephoto lenses. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, I I am curious, I guess, um, but I don't, I don't know. I think I'm not, I'm going to be skipping this one. Not, not because there's anything wrong with it, uh, just because I've had so many Samsung experiences <laughs> over the past year. It's like, it just seems too soon, you know? Yeah, I I, th I do think it's too soon. I don't know. I, I I think they're releasing it for a reason here. I I don't know why. So well, soon. okay. You 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 said that something like that, or like why you know, or for some reason, right? Why are they doing this now? Like, so we have to kind of guess. I don't think we're going to get a straight answer from Samsung. I suspect one of the reasons is they they want to be the first to be with the eight 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 processor, right? The Qualcomm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think we're going to see a lot of devices happening over the next 30 to 60 days. And I think they just wanted to be first. I think that might be part of it. Um, some of the early speculation was that they weren't going to do a note this year and that maybe this was going to be like their one big annual event, but they've Samsung has kind of come out and said, yeah, that's not, that's not actually it. Yeah. Um, and uh, the ultra is compatible with the S pen, by the way, which I think is interesting. doesn't come with it. <laughs> which is a little tough uh, in a device that costs, I think it's $11.99 <laughs> like to start. Yeah. Um, you don't throw in the $40 S Pen, really? Um, but they don't. Um, so, And they also, by the way, don't throw in a power brick, which is... Yeah, everybody's know, cutting Apple. everything now. Yeah. yeah. Good luck charging I mean, at least, your phone. Well, at least with a Samsung phone. If you're, if you're coming from a Samsung two, three years old, whatever it is, you, you do have a USB charger, right? It may not be... Uh, as fast as the modern ones, but it, it will work. I mean, the problem with what Apple did a couple of months ago is that they put it a USB to lightning or a USB C to lightning cable. But everyone, the millions and millions of people of Apple chargers don't have those chargers. They have yeah. a, a a lightning charger, right? Yeah. A five watt lightning charger. So you're, you're virtually guaranteeing they're going to have to go out and spend whatever it is twenty thirty bucks, um, you know, on the charger. Anyway, I, that's not to get so, too too far afield here. Another piece of story that came out a couple days ago, actually today, uh, you yep. posted on therot.com, and I'm very curious about this. Uh, Google completes the Fitbit acquisition, yep. right? So this yep. leaves a lot of questions regarding what do you do with Fitbit? What happens to Fitbit? <laughs> and how Google yep. uses the, the data that Fitbit has right. 
into right. whatever they're gonna do. Obviously, they'll they'll incorporate it in their phones, but a, a really cool smartwatch is well, where this is probably leading into. Yeah, I hope so. So I, the big question to me is what happens to um, Wear OS, right? Does Fitbit become uh, Google's wearables platform? I think it should probably, although for whatever it's worth, I mean, I, I thought Wear OS and Android Wear before that had, there's some good ideas there and maybe there'll be like a, a meshing of those two things. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they just keep it separate. I, I you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. I, I am... I, I think a lot of people were worried about the privacy implications of this. I am not personally worried about that. And of course, school goes, come on and said, look, we're not going to use that data for advertising, et cetera, et cetera. So they've met the kind of regulatory concerns there. Um, it took them a long time. This was like 14 months ago when they announced this, right? So I think it was like November 2019. And uh, they got held up in a couple of places, including the EU, because there were concerns, you know, again, about privacy. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, Fitbit has fallen on hard times in some ways compared to like Apple Watch. And, um, you know, Wear OS has never taken off, right? I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a big that's a big concern, I would say. It, it is fascinating, though, how it didn't take off, considering you know. how many Android phones are in the market, right? Or, or in, in people's hands daily. Yeah. Yep. And so there hasn't been a lead the- for this. No, uh, this is uh, Android and Google have very much channeled Microsoft and Windows, right? Um, where you have this one incredibly successful product and then you do all this other stuff that's based off of it. And most of those things don't really take off, you know? Um, Android Wear, as Wear OS now, is is a like a really dramatic example of that, um, especially since there have been other products like Fitbit originally and now uh, Apple Watch, which have been tremendously successful. Um, so yeah, so I mean, success in one thing doesn't guarantee success in the other. Um, the other thing, by the way, too, is sorry, is that, you know, Fitbit is, it works, of course, works on iOS and, uh, that's going to continue. Right. And Google has always been really good about putting everything on iOS. I I think you could use, uh, a Wear OS device with iOS, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have one, but I believe you can. Yeah. I, I, three, the three people who do that. It is interesting. So there was a couple other products here that came out. I want to touch on some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. TCL really had a strong showing this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. and it seems like they're gearing up to become, uh, not so much a, a low level yeah. product manufacturer, I guess. They're, they're kind of entering that, that mid range, upper mid range market when it comes to their devices. Um, you know, they showed off some smartphones, obviously that they were gonna, that they're looking into doing, but what, I, I find the the approach interesting that now a lot of these companies that we looked at and we said like, oh, they're lower end. Vizio, great example. Vizio is a great example of this. Vizio yeah. about five, six years ago was considered a lower mid-range product that had a, a more bang for your buck. And now they've become just as expensive as anybody else on the market. You know, the the, the TV market yeah, is very bizarre because everybody has 18, devi- 18 products on the market right now. So you got to kind of pick and choose which one you're going with. But mm-hmm. TCL now has entered the game as being a very strong competitor and that you're not in, you would have it as your main television. You know, like I have a high sense here in my office. I'm a little bit crazy <laughs> when it comes to the quality, you know, with the black levels and things like that and the audio of the TV. So I'm 
I, I tend to go with a higher end device, but this is more than enough what I have. Right. So do you well, think there's a is... shift happening there with, with brand recognition? People just don't care anymore. They just buy what they could afford. Yeah, I, I think this is just a natural evolution. I mean, the you know, Vizio is a great example. This was the one a few years ago we would have pulled out. Like, look at these guys. They actually make really good devices. They're super inexpensive compared to the Sony Trinitrons or whatever, the LG and Samsungs and so forth. Um, and now, of course, they're established. It's I, We talk about this, uh, you and I, It's you can compare it to cars, you know, back in the late 80s when Hyundai first showed up and then Kia showed up. And, you know, at first these companies were kind of laughed at you know and and we're poor quality but you know that was the case too with the japanese car companies when you go back to the probably the 60s early 70s um you know honda and toyota and so forth at the time they were considered little cheap pieces of junk but then people yeah. started seeing the value in them and they improved etc cetera, etc cetera. So, isn't isn't honda uh teaming up with apple yeah supposedly yeah according to reports yeah yeah i mean it, things are changing yeah they make great cars yeah. <laughs> so yeah they're really um, good cars now yeah yep so something that kind of uh, went under the radar, okay, mm -hmm. that uh, since we're on the TCL topic, and I think under a normal circumstance, if this was demoed properly, it would have gotten some hype. But TCL is introducing a 1080p OLED display wearable, uh, a wearable display, essentially. Did yeah. you see this? It I gives so. you, um, it, it gives you a wraps around. Yeah, yeah, it gives you a 140 yeah. degree field of view. I also yeah. read it's the equivalent of you being in uh, viewing a 140 inch display. I don't know if <laughs> one was a typo compared to yeah. the other one, because this one says 140 degree field of view and the other one said equivalent to 140 inch display. Um, well, you must have done this, right? You can do this at home. This is a fun thing we can all try later today. Sit on the couch. Yeah. Uh, look at whatever size screen you have over there on the wall or in the far side of the room and hold up your phone, <laughs> which has a six inch something display and then move it back and forth until it's the same size as the TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, you I, can kind of imagine how this could work. Um, so but, I know. find this really interesting for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, one, They've been, they've attempted this for how many, I mean, my entire childhood, I remember people talking about right. stuff like this, right? right? Oh, see this one, this one again says, uh, give mimics the effect of a 140 inch screen from four meters away. Four meters. Yeah. Four meters is a lot of meters. It is a lot of meters. <laughs> like, so 12, 12 feet. I guess. Yeah. Um, so according to this person, uh, this is the only one that I've read that somebody tried it. This is Mashable yep. India. Okay. So this person okay. said, I tried the prototype about two years ago at IFA in Berlin and remember having the ability to watch a movie while still comfortably taking notes on my phone and hearing conversations around me. It was an immersed. So even though it's an immersive experience, you could still safely wear them during uh, during a commute, like a train or a flight and still be uh, not totally distracted, completely distracted. That's the first one that I've read in a, in a new article that somebody had hands on. Listen, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't. I think this is possibly, and I'm going to take a safe bet on this. I think this could be a big selling item in about a year. Yeah. These kind I, of wearable does, displays. It, right. If, if it, it feels like something to think about for the future, you know, it would be like if, uh, you know, I'm sure Samsung two years before they came up with some fold device showed a screen folding and said, look, we're going to do this someday. And everyone's like, that'll be fun. Yeah. You know, I, we're still I, not quite there, you know? 
Yeah, I, I listen. Here's the other thing: long term, long term usage of these devices on our faces, right? Everything is eventually leading to that smart display, which we didn't yeah. really see. I, if this was a year ago, I would have said, you know, next year we're going to see more of these smart, smart glasses, where you know it, it's doing what we envisioned eventually that it could do, and then that leads to the contact lens, right? And then that leads to the chip in our heads, and then we become full on cyborgs, which is fine. I'm okay with that at this point. <laughs> You know, right. uh, yeah. anything for innovation. Well, but <laughs> we didn't really sure. see those smart glasses this year. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, deciding well, what, saw, R and, yeah. what R&D you want to allocate money to that makes sense in the middle of a pandemic. So right. I, I would say that not that that was I was looking forward to it, but in the natural progression of things, we're hearing, mm -hmm. you know, Apple's been working on one and Google's working on one and everybody's working on one. I thought natural progression would bring us to at least some other manufacturers showing off some pretty cool smart uh, smart glasses out there. I mean, there were a couple of small smart glasses type things, but yeah, nothing, I, nothing I innovative. Reality, yeah, I, the reality of the pandemic is we have more pragmatic concerns right now, you know, um, and not, not all of them can be solved by technology. I mean, there's a huge swath of the public that's lost their jobs or have had other job-related problems. Um, so, you know, yeah, flying cars and, you know, augmented reality, whatever. Yeah, it's it, sure, it's always interesting. But, I mean, right now it's like we're just trying to put food on the table and live day to day. So, um, you know, I like I said, I mean, I there, there, there's maybe a healthy refocusing that will occur because of this uh, going forward, you know. I the CES so. used to be a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> you know, a lot yeah. of stupid shit. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, is the porn you know. section still there or no? That's gone. They got booted. I'm sure it's if you got your AR glasses, you could probably have a porn experience. <laughs> you could find the porn experience. You, yeah. Yeah. Porn decks or whatever. Yeah. Um, a couple other things that we saw that I thought was really stupid. Did you see the e-ink laptop where the backside <laughs> of the laptop yeah. is a full-fledged yeah. e-ink display? I didn't know that we're still playing around with e-ink. I didn't if know it was still a yeah, selling point. Yeah. I mean, e-ink is, it would be interesting if, you know, it's like if it could have color, if it could have higher refresh rates, you know, and then at that point you're like, well, it's just a display. I mean, there, there's technology occurring with standard display types like Dell does this where they use a hardware means of removing the blue light that's emitted from the LED or whatever technology they're using. And uh, that solves a lot of the problem with, you know, the lights in our faces and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I, as awesome as an e-ink display can be for certain things, uh, it lacks in so many areas that it just has never taken off as kind of a mainstream technology. And uh, I think what's going to happen is the mainstream device or uh, display types in this case are going to just improve to the point where it's like, well, you know, what's the difference at this point? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this I thing's better for your eyes. It's like, yeah, but this one rolls up or crunches up into a ball and I can you know, throw it in my displays. pocket and I whip it out and it's like 105 you know, inches long that, or something. Yeah, that's the other I one. Mean, Rollable displays, right? That was a big yeah. thing this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I think a lot of the perception of these is is kind of messed up because people didn't get any hands-on experience with these. a lot of these yeah, things that sure. they were saying. For sure. uh, one thing I was shocked we didn't see more of uh, why am mm -hmm. I? Why can't I switch today? What's going on with me? I can't switch the cameras today. Um, one thing I was shocked was I thought there would be every company in the world would have a new webcam this year. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. You can't right. even find a webcam. I, I, I mean, really, yeah. it's very difficult. It's gotten to the point, and I think it's hysterical. Amazon has essentially knocked off Logitech webcams. They look just yeah. like the Logitech webcams, but they're not Logitech. They're whatever brand. Um. So I thought we I would see a lot. A, a Logitech. Did you? What you got? Amazon, uh, a Brio, but I, I ended up returning it. But I bought it and just got it, and it, like it was. I just I don't know if I liked that or something. Is that the? But. It's a 4K one, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, 4K, 30 frames a second. 30 it's, frames. It's, yeah. It's, so what? What yeah. didn't you like about it? Didn't improve anything, right? So um, the reason I got it was uh, a lot of people complain that my video looks kind of um, blurry or whatever. And, you know, like looking at what we're doing here, to me, like my video looks fine. Um, and I, this is mostly like with Brad, like we do first ring daily and it's just, I look really blurry and I do, you know, but um, anyway, I was like, you know what? I'm going to solve this problem. I just got a new webcam. I've tried, I have multiple versions of the webcam I'm using now, which is a Logitech C920. You want me, I can fix your situation, your problem in a hundred dollars. <laughs> okay. hundred dollars I can fix it. Okay. So yeah. order order the the Elgato Camlink 4K, okay? Oh boy. It's a USB 3 capture device. You could do 1080p mm -hmm. 60 or 4K 30. You don't need to do 4K cuz you're not streaming 4K. But you have that really nice camera, right? right? Yep. You still have that Canon. The Canon connects right into this oh, and the this can goes in, Yeah, 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 yeah. This oh, goes yeah, in via right. USB. Right. Via USB. Well, Paul. okay, but see, now we get to the situation where I need I'm going to have like this professional camera in my office on a tripod with this other thing I have to connect to my computer. And it's like, you can't, you know, like I, how clearly do you need to see me? I'm not that great looking. I, I, I like, think what? people What's... need to see, I think people need to see Paul Therott's handsome face in 1080p. <laughs> okay. If I you guys agree with it, I want you guys all to tweet Paul today, right? <laughs> okay. That are hearing yeah, this yeah. at the rot. I want you to tweet him and tell him you want to see his handsome face in 1080p. That's all. <sighs> you know, okay. If I could appear as a cartoon, like an anime <laughs> thing, you want me I to would, animate you? Fine. Yeah, yeah, do some. Dude, kind but of this a thing is awesome, right? It's a hundred dollars painting. Hundred and forty. What is it called? Bucks. Elgato. The Elgato. The Elgato Camlink 4K. I'll put it in the show notes for people that want it. But it's a USB three capture device. It's like the, I have one. It's like where is mine? But it will connect to that uh, Canon thing. I and have. you just connect it via USB, and you're good. Done. It does so all the nice. work. Remember, before we had to have pain this in thing. the ass. Yeah, PC with a PCIe card or whatever it was. Yeah, so what Paul was doing with with Brad for uh, First Ring Daily, we had set up a Canon. Uh, I think it was a Canon HFG40. Uh, <laughs> really nice, you know, prosumer. It's a consumer webcam, but it's on the higher end of the consumer line. Uh, and then that would go into a capture device that was inside the computer. It was a PCIe uh, Blackmagic Intensity Pro yeah, 4K. Right. Yep. And the problem yep. with it is like. You know what it is? Remember your dad, the TV would like act up a little bit and your dad's like, hold on, I'll mm -hmm. fix it. And you hit the top of the hit the top of the TV and you're like, everything's working now. The reception is right. perfectly fine. Paul would have to do that to get this thing to work every time. Yeah, it was not good. It, it, you can't it, it. Sometimes it would connect. Sometimes it literally it's a black screen. Yeah, this thing has been sitting in a box for three and a half years. You know, it's so sad. Let's get it the, get the Elgato, dude. Get the Elgato cam link. Hundred bucks. Pop it in. Yeah, I'm not paying you'll for look, this. You'll look unbelievable. You know what? If my work wants to buy this, I would consider it. But even still, like I said, you know, then I have to. Um, then I, I'm, I, I, I already have too much crap in my office. Like, <laughs> you don't, don't want. Know. You don't want the camera hooked up. I get it. I just don't. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. I get it. 
I, I so the Brio, the Logitech Brio is $183 yeah. right now. It's 200 it's a $200 webcam. Yeah, it's I mean, a $200 this is not, camera, yeah. Yeah, it's not I cheap. Didn't, I, I didn't it did not fix the problem, which is amazing. You know, it's like spend 200 bucks and then uh, have see no difference whatsoever um was not appealing to me. So, uh yeah, I ended up returning it, but it 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 just didn't, you know. And like I said, like to me what I'm looking at here, you know, as far as the quality goes, um seems fine. Like it's better I'm gonna than tell it you is guys. with I'm going to give a great piece of advice here. Don't get scammed into buying a $40 webcam. Okay. A lot of people are getting, a lot of people yeah. are getting scammed into buying these cool looking. It looks like a Logitech, but it's not webcam on Amazon. There's, there's tons of these now. I, I mean, even to the point that they're using the, like they use the number like Logitech C920, the 920 is one of their mm -hmm. webcams. These companies are using those numbers. Like this is the, ang tube 920 and it looks just like the logitech that's funny so, so but they're crappy i've ordered like three of these to test out at yeah. random companies and they all look the same absolute garbage <laughs> they all look terrible so right. do yourself a favor spend like the 40 bucks more if, if i'm telling you i i know i don't like telling people to spend money but spend the money <laughs> Right. Spend the money. Um, also, there are other USB uh, USB to uh, capture like cards out there right now. Yeah, no, there there's be, tons right? of them. I mean, I mean there's yeah. one like I'm looking at one right now, twenty four dollars. I don't know how good this is, but yeah. it's something. Right. I think there's a bunch of these actually. Um, I used I mean, a really? Mac. I use a three hundred dollar one, and there was really no difference between the hundred dollar yeah. one and the three hundred dollar one. I mean, this thing is small. It, it's neat that you could bring this with you and use it on a laptop if you wanted to, I guess. But um, you still need to. It would make a little more sense if you had like a DSLR camera and you were traveling it with it anyway, or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you know, but that was I the have, biggest that, surprise. That, for that me. Canon thing is—it's a big camera, you know. That was a—that was a big surprise that we didn't see more announcements coming from logitech and mike listen microsoft was working on a new webcam remember that paul <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember that's yep. i mean yep. literally the, i got an email of time yeah vaguely i remember that yep i i got an email from a viewer of ours that that mm -hmm. outlined the whole thing out to me and mm -hmm. just shift in uh i guess shift in allocation shift in allocation of of importance didn't make yeah. It didn't make that. Well, long. I mean, in Logitech's case, I mean, you could make the argument like one of the things they should have done if they didn't was just make more, <laughs> you know, like you don't even have to improve things. Just keep making more of what you have. Like the, the, the demand is there for sure. Um, but even webcams, you know, it's funny, like when you think about a laptop that has like this tiny little camera at the top. And of course, these are 720p. They're usually pretty crappy, but sometimes they're OK. Um, you know, a webcam is a fairly big device, you know, compared yeah. to like a little you know camera thing uh it seems like you could make a, a slimline version uh that would be better with a laptop especially but uh you know given how high high quality uh smartphone cameras are yeah that is interesting right smart uh, listen yeah, I don't know. the camera the camera i have on this is better than any webcam oh yeah and if we did right if we right did but, this but it's a lot thicker on lot my thicker. phone it would probably be fantastic which by the way I've, i have experimented with as well using my smartphone is like a webcam uh for podcasts but it's so complicated it's did you like, okay so did you do it with the connection or you did wirelessly 
I think the one I did was like a it was the i was an iPhone and I believe it it was wired. Oh yeah, I think the app I used was Cameo. I think it's Cameo. I feel like uh, if you said what I used, I would remember it. I don't think it was Cameo. I think uh, Cameo is for the was, Mac. I can't remember what the, the PC version was. You know, it's like if you were to Google, uh, use your iPhone as a webcam or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now um, you can. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's that's the best answer. You want to you use, you want to get a good, you know, we were talking about podcasting and stuff. Uh, I would just hook up, hook this up and just use yeah. this. Right. Really? Right. You're going to get a Ep- way better. Ep- Epic cam? Epic, it could be epic cam that might have been it it could be i don't know i think i even paid for it I yeah i paid for cameo i've used it twice but i paid for it just to yeah i never got it to work reliably yeah. it was upside down too like it was just on it was there really flip the camera yeah, paul that's all you got to do i i yeah i mean <laughs> of course but yeah. anyway yeah, so we know. got before we wrap it up here we got a preview <laughs> uh mm-hmm. Uh, Paul posted on the website today, quick hands-on with yep. Windows 10 X for single screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to, what do you think of this? Uh, and, and what's the latest with Windows 10 X? Where where are we right now with this? Yeah, so this was a leak, right? Not something Microsoft released. The this is And this is all kind of rumor-based with the understanding that the sources on this are pretty good. And I think this is exactly what's happening. But um a year ago, Microsoft planned to release Windows 10X as a, an alternative to Windows, stand, you know, like we'll call mainstream Windows, whatever. Uh, and they were advertising it, remember, for two screen devices for some reason, right? That was not the original intent of this product. So that always confused me. And then late last year, uh, they finally, or maybe it was actually, it was early this year, they pub- publicly, I'm sorry, <laughs> last year is this year. Early last year, early 2020, they admitted that it wasn't going very well. And that one of the big components of this thing was this container-based architecture that would let them run Win32, meaning desktop Windows applications. Lots of compatibility problems, lots of performance problems. So they decided to recast this back to its original intent, which was a Chrome OS competitor uh, with a streamlined user interface that would only run uh, web apps and store apps, right? Not desktop apps. And uh, it would ship on single screen devices. And then more recently, then, you know, the year kind of went by, right? And late in 2020, we heard that all of a sudden they were getting ready to ship this thing. It would not be something you could buy in a store. It would just come on new devices, which would be like PCs, uh, laptops for the most part. And uh, the thing that just leaked is a a near final build of this product. Um, So it kind of shows you what it looks like and how it works. And that's kind of interesting just to play with. And um, if you're familiar with Chrome OS, I'll just say it's very, very, very similar to that. Um, simple UI, you know, the icons are kind of centered on the taskbar. When you click the start button in the middle, it, it this almost full screen thing pops up with all of your applications and all of your recent documents. Everything runs full screen, cannot run desktop applications as rumored. Um if you're familiar with the Windows 10 built-in desktop or uh, uh, store applications, those are all there mm-hmm. and work the same, except they're, you know, they run full screen. Um, uh, you know, is this thing necessary? <laughs> uh, to Microsoft, it might be, right? Uh, you know, Chrome OS has been very successful in the education sector, and I think they want something there um, that their OEM partners, the PC makers, can sell. Um, and so maybe that's the real reason for this. But as a mainstream 
uh, you know, PC like operating system. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's not, there's not a lot there. So who, who is this? Who's going to buy this? Yeah. You know, our, I think if we're competing against a Chromebook, you're obviously looking at bulk yeah. mass uh, purchases from education, right? I, yeah, I, I guess right. that's, so that's the, the market. The, yeah, the initial market is education. It's, it's what Microsoft call, calls commercial. Commercial is businesses, education, and government, right? Um, but primarily education. It's not that, I, I mean, you probably will be able to go into a Best Buy in June or something and buy a, a Dell that has this on it, like for three or 400 bucks or something. I, I'm sure that's probably going to happen, but really it's for, it's for big purchases from educational institutions and an alternative to Chrome OS, right? And so, you know, like why might a, a, like a school not want to use Chrome OS? Um, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, uh, I think a lot of people have been sold on Chrome OS because it's so simple and easily managed and, um, you know, it kind of meets the needs of that environment really well. Um, but Microsoft is a trusted name and I could imagine the HPs, Dells and Lenovo's of the world would be more inclined to work with them than with Google yeah. and would put these things out and, and, you know, we'll see. And then there's this hope for the future in V2, which would be like late this year or maybe early next year that that Win32 desktop app compatibility comes back and actually works. And if that's the case, then what you're talking about is something that can run Windows applications but has a much simpler UI. I mean, there's some appeal there, right, for normal people. Just, you know, you want to open the thing up, have it come on instantly, and, you know, you th sign in with your thumbprint or whatever, and you get to work, and there's not a lot of nonsense going on. You know, Windows is busy, you know, because it's old-fashioned and, it's been around for a long time. So I, you know, right now it's like, eh, it's not quite there yet, but it's interesting. I, I like that they're trying, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think it, I get, I get it. I get it. But maybe this is building to a whole new infrastructure. Like you said, you know, you don't have to deal with legacy. Yeah. Uh, and eventually they're going to have to evolve. Everybody's going to have to evolve. I mean, Mac OS has to evolve. I, you kind of see where they're headed. Yeah. But but you know, I don't know the Mac as well, and I, I to me, I look at what Apple did with uh, Big Sur, and I I like it. I you know, visually, I know some people like oh, it's a little bright and colorful and all that kind of stuff. I, I I happen to like it. I don't think that part matters. But I, the fear with Mac OS and, and the fear with Windows certainly would be that in simplifying something, you make you kind of you lose stuff, right? And I would, I will say, I don't think Apple has lost anything. If you compare Mac OS Big Sur with like two, three versions ago, I, I suspect everything is basically there, right? It's not like they just got rid of stuff. Um, but Windows 10X absolutely gets rid of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not just simpler, like there's less, like there's less there. And, and that can be appealing, but, um, you know, for people who have certain expectations, power users, normal users, I guess, I mean, it might be a little off-putting. Um, because it's so simple, you know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm curious. Yeah, we'll see. I'm curious who uses this. All right, guys. It looks interesting. It is time to wrap it up, Paul. Look at that. Nice and quick. I'm going to crawl into bed and die, so thank Good you for, for you. that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I know. It, it's a lot going on. But um, it's been quite... listen, it's been quite a, it's been quite a, uh, <laughs> quite a, quite a year already, and it, it's... We're, we're going to continue on. So it is what it is. What are you going to do? Guys, go to our website, gfknetwork.com. Subscribe to us. We're everywhere. Podcasts are available. 
For all things Paul, go to therot.com, one of my go-to websites every single day. You could also catch a show on therot.com. Paul posts it right on there. Uh, anything coming up, Paul? Are you working on anything? Yeah. Um, well, in addition, so I'm going to keep, I'm trying to figure out how to handle 10x for one thing, right? There is a lot going on there. I'm kind of curious about that. Um, I'm switching up uh, how we do the book. And I think maybe in about a week, I'll be ready to talk about that a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's been a big focus for me over the past several days. I'm I'm finally, (laughs) after years of hedging, (laughs) have kind of come up with a plan, I think, for moving the the Windows 10 book forward. So we'll talk about that. Very cool. Very cool. All right, guys, that's it for this week. See you later.